The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Our webinar today for the HRCS applications process. I'm Tony Young, uh, the HRCS contract manager, and I'd like to introduce our team for today's session. Um, first of all, um, our director, Kim Coleman, has joined us. Kim, you want to give a wave? Next, we have Kim Dunbar, our contract manager, who will moderate the chat and our question and answer sessions. Next, we have Nicole Dooling, who's a contracts technician, behind the scenes webinar host today, and also the point person for your follow-up application questions. Next, we have Matt Stevenson, who's the HMIS City Stat Performance Analyst and Master of All Things Technical, who will run through the application today. So thank you to this great team for putting this session together so quickly and keeping up with this learning curve as we roll out our new system. So today's focus is to review the new online application system in more detail and answer your technical questions. We know this is a new process and people have differing levels of comfort with online systems like this. So we want to provide the support you need to successfully submit your applications. As we're presenting today, please put your questions into the chat so they can be addressed timely. And if we don't get to your question, please know we will address it through an FAQ or we will reach out to you via email. Also, you can send us an email to Nicole's address that is in the chat. So just for people who may not have joined us last week, um, we want to let you know that we did have a community forum last Friday, and we provided a full overview of the applications process. That forum webinar recording is available, and we will show you how to access it today, as well as the slides. And this should answer your non-technical questions, but if not, please send an email to Nicole, and we'll take care of them from there. Also, please keep in mind, this is a new system for us as well. And if we have to tap our software support team for something more complex, it may take a day or two to get back with you. So we're going to start today by reviewing the tools and other information that are available for you on our website. Um, this first screen that you're looking at, this is the HRCS department website. So if you come in through lansingmi.gov, you will select our department, which is human relations and community services, and then you will land here. And so by scrolling down, you'll see the HRCS applications button right there in the middle. And if you click on that button, it will take you to our applications webpage. Right here is where there's everything you should need to um, complete the application. And by the way, the link to this web page is in the chat box, so you can go directly to this page and rather than going through lansingmi.gov. So once here, you can see there's several items that can be downloaded and reviewed when you have time. The first thing we recommend you reviewing is the tips to complete the online application. Um, this provides an overview of the application process itself, as well as the HRCS funding guidelines. In that way, you can see whether your program is eligible for this funding. The next two items are documents that you will need to download, complete, and then upload to the application. So choose only one budget template. There's two here available for you. One is a Google Doc and the other is in Excel format. We know people are comfortable with different types of formats, so we wanted to give you options. The other document to download is the city's conflict of interest form that will need to be signed by your director and your board president and then uploaded to this application. And then if you continue to scroll down, 
you'll see the portal to the online application. This is where you will go to log in, create your password, and then create your profile, and then your application, which Matt will review with us next. So we highly recommend that you review the recording and slides, which are listed right below that application before you start the process. Um, but if you've already created your login and profile, all is not lost. You can still go back and review the forum um, recording and slides. The other information just below that is the FAQs. Um, please note we'll continue to update this as we go forward, as we get more questions from people, and we'll list the revision date so you can see if any new questions have been added since you last checked it. So there's just one last note we wanted to mention, and that is the that the way that this online system is configured, um, it is to have just one account per agency. And that means one login and password, one person. So for the majority of our applicants who submit only one application, this is a simple process. But for larger agencies, we do recommend that you select a point person to access the portal and maintain your information, check for messages, and enter all the applications on behalf of the agency. And please note that you can download a blank application form and share it with any of your program staff who can then work offline on content and finalize it before your point person submits it into the system. Um, Matt will show us and show you how to conduct that process and how to save that today. So doing this in this way uh, will help avoid testing this new system and um, avoid creating duplicate records and accounts that will not be linked to each other and also avoid sharing issues that the system is not set up to manage. So we appreciate your cooperation with that. So with that, please welcome Matt Stevenson to walk you through the applications portal, profile, and application. Matt? Thank you, Tony. Good morning, everyone. And I'm going to jump right into our application portal and get started with the walkthrough. And I am going to start by creating a brand new account today to uh, demonstrate creating the um, the process from start to finish. Um, but before I do that, I want to recommend that if you haven't done so already, um, it'd be a good idea to bookmark the portal link so that you can return directly to the portal when you need to. As a new user, the first thing I need to do is to create an account. So if you already have an account, you, you know, go through the normal sign up process. I'm going to go through and create a new account today so that we're starting um, from a, a fresh uh, application portal screen. So creating an account was just as simple as entering in your email address and creating a password. Once you do that, the system brings you right into your homepage within the portal. And as Tony mentioned, there's only one user account per agency, and that's because the user account is linked directly to your agency's profile, and multiple accounts cannot be linked to the same agency profile. And throughout the system, you'll see helpful instructions that tell you what to do and how to work through the system. So the first thing we're going to do is create our agency profile. So as Tony mentioned, it's uh, simple to download and print copies of any of the forms that you see in the application portal. You can do so by clicking the downward facing triangle here and it will give you options to either preview the form or print the form, in which case you can print the document or you can use that to save it as a PDF. 
And you can do that at any time that you're viewing the form. So you can do it now um, prior to completing it, or once you have it complete, you could print out a uh, complete copy as well. And so I'm just going to work through this section um, quickly. Um, and again, as Tony mentioned, please, if there are any questions as I work through this, uh, add them to the chat and we'll address them shortly. So the first part of the app agency profile is to get basic information about your agency and where it's located. You'll notice that some fields have asterisks next to them. That indicates that a field is required and that you cannot um, submit or complete a form unless the field is completed. You can save a draft copy, but you can't mark a form complete if there are required fields that are left unanswered. Additionally, throughout the forms, you'll notice um, some text underneath certain questions that are helper text that can help you, um, that'll explain how to enter a field. So for instance, the phone number, we've got a, a format that we like people to follow, and it's helpful for us to have consistency um, with that type of formatting. Um, for other questions like the phone number extension, you'll notice it's not required. You would only enter that in if it's applicable. So further down, we collect information about the organization's director's name. I'm going to plug myself in for this purpose. And I want to mention the email addresses. All the email addresses within the system are really important fields because the system uses these fields to um, generate emails that we use to communicate things such as uh, next steps for the application, um, change requests, uh, and it's the email addresses that will be used for award notices, contracts, and other uh, steps throughout um, the application portal that we'll be using. So additionally, there are some questions that are repeated. Again, you would only have to fill this out if your director's address is different from your agency location. If their office is in the same location, there's no reason to give us the address of the agency more than once. We have a, a second contact as well. And below the contact information, we've got fields for an EIN or TIN. Your DUNS number, if you have one or not. If you do have a DUNS number, an additional field will pop up where you can enter that number. And the same works for the UEI as well, the unique entity identifier. If you have them, we do ask that you do please uh, enter them into your profile. And now I'm going to click on the create profile button. Well, actually, first I'm going to save as a draft. And Kim, have we gotten any questions through the chat about completing the profile? Yes, Matt, we do have a question in regards to the profile. I'm going to read it. Okay. It says, I was able to create the agency profile and start an application, but have not been able to figure out how to make a PDF of the application. I did read the instructions, but I'm not seeing the triangle mentioned in the instructions. So it appears that they want to know how to download the application actually. Okay, sure. No, that's that's where we're going next. Um, so if there are no other questions about the profile, we'll move on to the application stage. Now, okay, so we've got the form filled out and you'll see that the button here is blue, it's complete. So just to give you an example, 
if I try to click that without having a required field, without having a response in a required field, the system will not let me move forward. So I can save a draft, but I have to come back and complete the field before I can move forward. Okay, so now you can see that I've got my profile created. And if anything changes, you can always go back, click on the edit button and modify the information in your agency profile. So once that's complete, that opens up the next portion of the portal, which is actually the application itself. If you do have more than one um, program that you're applying for funding for, you will need to create multiple applications and they need to be created one at a time. So I'm going to go ahead and click the get started button to create the first application. Now, and I also want to point out that we do have a link here back to our HRCS grants application webpage. To, um, to make it easier for you to navigate back to our page so you can um, check on the FAQs, the instructional documents, the tips, the other webinar recordings. Um, this recorded webinar will also be posted on the page. And so this is just a, a way for you to quickly get back to our website. Now moving on to the application, clicking on get started. And we're going to, um, okay, so right when we do that, it brings us into our application um, section, I guess is what they call it. And right now it says it's untitled, but one of the first questions within the application is the program name. Once we put in our program name, this untitled will get replaced with your program name. I do also want to point out the uh, the countdown here. So we've got a deadline for the submission portal for January 12th at midnight, and this tells you how many days remain until the submission deadline. So once the deadline passes, the system is automatically set up to no longer accept applications. So if you are applying for funding, it is critical that you meet the submission deadline. So to start the application itself, I'm clicking on the open button. And to address your question about how to print an application, this is where you would find the triangle button. So you have to actually open up the application itself first. Next to the Word application, there's a triangle. You can click on either Preview or Print Form. So I'll click on Preview Form just to demonstrate what that looks like. And so it shows you the application without any of the text fields. So you can print out a blank copy of the application and share that with other staff who might need to help you complete the application. Or you can use this after you've completed your application and you want to save a copy for your records of, of the complete application that you had submitted. Now from here, you can go to File and Print. You should have an option to save it as a PDF. In doing so, you can save the document as a PDF record. I'll go ahead and then to get out of this and return back to the fillable application, you can just click on the Close button. That again returns us to this page, and we're going to open the application back up again. Okay, so moving on with the application itself, as I said, the very first question is to identify or list the name of our program. And I'm not going to cover each of these questions individually, but I do want to point out a couple things. Um, again, you will find some dependent questions. For instance, here, when I identify yes about having a previous grant from the City of Lansing HRCS department, it comes up with a follow-up question asking when my last award was. And also, what was my last award? And again, this is specific to this program. If you are an agency who does submit and receive multiple grants from the city HRCS department. Do note that this question is specific to the program application you're completing and should not represent the cumulative amount of funding you receive from the city.
as with our other applications, we identify with past applications, I should say, we identify the program category that our proposed programs help to address in the community. And you can select multiple options. If you first select one and then hold the control button on your keyboard, you can select additional options, which will then bring up subsections where you can identify the particular um, subcategories within your program category. And it is important that if you do have more than one category selected that you do select subcategories for each of the main categories that you have. So next up is information about a program specific contact. So if you are a larger agency and if you've got a program specific contact that you would like to be included on um, emails that are generated out of the system and uh, you know, contacted with information in regards to your application, you can fill this out. Now, if this is the same contact person that you had already identified on your agency profile, there's no need to um, identify that same person here again. So just only complete this section if it's a different individual than you've identified on your agency profile. And these questions are not required. Uh, next up are the, we really get into the meat of the application here, where we talk about our agency's capacity and our project proposal. And I'm just going to um, kind of run through these rather quickly. And as I do that, Kim, do we have any other questions that have come in through the chat? Yes, um, Matt, there are other questions. I'm going to answer the first one, but I'm going to read it first. It says the service address is in Lansing, but my address is in East Lansing. Will this create a problem? What I'd like for you to know, as you realize, the city of Lansing is our service area. So that is our main concern. Most of our correspondence will be electronically. So there shouldn't be a problem for you to use the service address if you'd like. Um, however, um, I don't believe entering another address will be an issue as long as your application clearly identifies your service area as serving Lansing, um, you know, Lansing citizens. And another question, Matt, I will need your help with this one. Okay. It says, will the print or preview function print out everything that is in the application to that point? Often with these kinds of applications, it will only print out part of what is in the narrative box. So basically they want to know if they can see both the questions and the answers once they print. Sure, that's a good question, and let's go in and test that right now. So before doing that, I'm going to save a draft of the application, and it gives you a confirmation here by saying, uh, you know, giving you the timestamp of when the application was saved. So if we go up here and do uh, preview the form again, we can see that it does include both the question and my response. Now you will notice that in my responses, I did not put in very lengthy responses. However, it is showing everything that I did put in the text box. So it's my understanding that when you do print out a complete application, it will include everything that you've included in the application thus far. Um, as well as I do wanna point out that you can see um, the dependent questions that were not necessarily visible uh, prior to the leader question being answered. So the year of the last award or the previous award amount. So it does populate all those questions. So I think you should get a complete application when you go and do a, a print of this. Okay, Matt, I have one more question and I'm going to answer it. It reads as follows. 
what type of project programs qualify to submit applications? Now, this is one of those questions where we cannot get into very detailed answers because um, we do have some information on our website that tells you about the basic needs that we are targeting. So I would suggest that you um, pinpoint the information that is shared about our application and determine if you have a project or program that would meet those basic needs criteria. The purpose of this particular session is really to give technical assistance um, and not to um, target any specific application. So we would suggest that you just read through the application and um, there's some there's some key pointers within the application that gives you an idea of the type of basic needs that our um, application is targeting. Uh, just give me one more second, Matt. I yeah, think a no question might be coming through. OK. OK, they said thank you, so I'm going to assume I answered it. And um, you may continue, Matt. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Kim. And as Kim was responding to the questions, I've just been putting in some uh, test responses in here uh, to help move us along through the application. And so we've gotten past the point of putting in our program plan. And now we're down to the section where we're identifying our goals, objectives, outcomes, and evaluation methods. Um, and for, for more information about this, this was section was covered thoroughly on our prior, pardon me, on our prior um, webinar last Friday. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but if you do have questions about that, please revisit the recording, or you can look at this uh, document that has examples of goals, objectives, outcomes, and evaluation methods to help you understand what we're expecting in this section. So you are permitted to select up or create up to five goals related to your program. Just for demonstration purposes, I'm going to select two here, and you'll see after you select that, it does open up objectives, outcomes, and evaluation methods corresponding to the number that you select here. So here it comes down to objective two. And again, those will be repeated depending on how many objectives you select up in this field. And you can always go back and change this to a number or a larger number um, if you if the you need to change that. You can change that at any time. You can also add additional goals. You ha can have up to three goals total. Again, and each goal is going to follow the same formatting of objective, outcome, and evaluation method. So just to demonstrate that, clicking the yes button, it brings up the additional fields for you to fill out for more goals. I'm going to go, and again, just like with the objectives, you can go ahead and click no, and that will then hide those fields again for you. And then we also ask about whether the program is intended to continue after the HRCS funding is exhausted. And if so, we ask you to describe the financial sustainability plan in the absence of city funding. All right, now we're down to the budget template. And Kim, did we have any questions about the goals, objectives, outcomes uh, section? Matt, there are no questions at this time. However, there probably will be at the next juncture of questions as I see people typing. Okay. One more thing. Yes, there is there is something that just came through. Um, how do we upload the attachments required? Perfect. Well, we're that's a great segue because that's where we're going <laughs> next. Thank you for uh, 
helping us transition. So next we're at the budget template section, which is the very first document um, going in order of the application that would be uploaded. You don't have to follow the order. You can upload documents in any order you wish. Um, but this is the budget template, so we've got a link right in the application to the Google form. So I'm going to click on this. And again, it gives you a warning just to say that we're taking you out of this application portal website and taking you to this website, which is our Google form. Clicking on continue brings me to the form. And now this form this is not for you to edit right on this page. So you, and it is actually locked. You cannot modify this form here. You do have to go and if you are a Google user, you can make a copy of the form and continue to work with this in Google. Otherwise, you can download the form as an Excel document and work with it that way. And I do want to point out that when you first bring up the template, it lands you right on the budget page, but we do have additional tabs down here with further instructions and an example for filling out the budget. So if you've got questions about the budget, please reference the instructions. And we do ask that you acknowledge our different statements here. And then also review the sample budget to make sure you understand what we're expecting to see when you fill this out for your program. Once you have your budget filled out, you can upload it by clicking select a file here. Finding the document that you want to attach. And there you can see the name of your file. If you update your budget or if you need to. Um, you know, or if you grab the wrong file, you can always remove the file by clicking the trash can icon that will delete the attachment and allow you to attach a different document there. So do we have any um, questions about how to make that file attachment? And again, just as we're, um, it's the exact same process for any of the governance docs as well. The upload field is the same, um, no matter where you see it on the application. They're all operating the same way. Okay, Matt, I do have a question about the budget. It says, can we edit the Excel budget we usually need to add additional lines to complete the requested information. Tony, maybe do you want to take that? I don't think we're asking, expecting people to add to the budget, are we? Could you read that one more time, Kim? Okay, yes, they I want to know if they can edit the Excel budget sheet. Um, because they're saying that they normally need additional lines in order to re, uh, complete the requested information. I guess what I would yes. say, and um, you know, Tony, if you need to pipe in, please do. But I would say that they would be able to add an additional sheet if they had more information that needed to be submitted. But I see Tony has come on. I'll let her take over for now. Um, yes, you can edit the Excel document. We just ask that you're careful to not um, delete the formulas, um, or if you accidentally do, please restore them. Um, so if you need additional lines, like let's say you're in the middle of the personnel part, uh, add those lines in the middle of it, rather than at the end where you're more likely to delete the total line or the, because we did lock those formulas, or we certainly tried. Um, so um, yes, you should be able to alter that Excel document. Thank you, Tony. Um, Matt, there is another question that I'm gonna answer. Um, it says, is there a minimum number of goals and objectives we must select? What is the difference between a goal and an objective? The first part of the question, um, there is not a minimum number of goals and objectives. Of course, you need to at least have one of each. But other than that, um, there's, there's no specific criteria as to how many. Now, the difference between a goal and objective is just that the actual goal 
is a broader statement. Um, and the objective is more or less a step-by-step -step process that you would take in order to measure or meet that goal. Um, for example, uh, a goal might be to provide excellent customer service. And then an objective could be you want to reduce the customer wait time to one minute. So your your um, you know your goal is just a lot a broader statement, and your objectives are specific actions you're going to take to meet those goals. Now, for your um, to help you with this, we do have a page out on our website that shows some sample objectives, outcomes, and evaluation methods that may help you with this. So we did try to anticipate this question and we have a sheet out on our, our webpage. So Matt, that's all for now. You may continue. All right, thank you. So the last section is the governance documents. Um, as I mentioned, when you uh, do click yes to having one of these documents, you do get an upload field and you would attach your document just like you would for um, the budget tech um, template. So, and all of these fields work the same way. If you do respond not applicable, we do ex expect that you are going to provide us a little explanation as to why uh, your organization, uh, why a certain document might not be applicable to your organization. And so just for the sake of time, I'm going to identify that I do not have these documents. And again, all of these are required documents. Um, excuse me, not required documents necessarily, but they're all, uh, you are required to respond to each one of these. Uh, and if you do not have them, again, the explanations required one of the exceptions is for, see, I thought there was an exception, for a single audit. Um, again, if you don't have a single audit, um, let's see. So that is, um, as opposed to not applicable, that would just be a no. And typically we, you know, again, look for your explanation for why, uh, why that's a no instead of uh, having one of those. And usually that's based on the size of the organization. I do want to point out here as well that we do have a link to the conflict of interest form right here in the application, so you can um, access that here. So the city funding is not for equipment purchases, and we ask that you check here to acknowledge that, that we will not be funding equipment purchases. And if you are subcontracting with another organization, this is where you would upload a copy of that document signed by both organizations. And again, here we do not have a follow-up question um, to explain if no, that's you know just if you're not partnering um, or excuse me, if you're not subcontracting and providing city funding to another agency, you don't need to um, you know provide an explanation why. And now we're getting towards the very end of the application. We're just asking that you identify who your authorized representative is, who is um, essentially authorizing the application to be submitted on behalf of the organization. Now this might be the same person, this might be the director who you did identify in the agency profile, but we do ask that you um, plug in this information here as well so that we know that it's attached specifically to each application that's being submitted. And the very last part, we have our attestations. Again, signing below um, means that you're following and are in agreement with all of these uh, statements here. And this section should be the name of 
either the executive director or someone who is authorized by your agency board uh, to sign off on this. And again, this is uh, an electronic signature and it is considered signed upon your submission of this document. So now I'm going to go ahead and save my copy, save my draft. So once this, once I click on mark complete, that's not the end of the process. I'm just saying that my application is complete. It's not yet submitted. Oh, and it turns out that I did not fill out a field here. So it is helpful. It will bring you right back to the spot you missed if there are required fields that you did not complete. Logging that in there, I think we should be able to move on to the next step. All right, so even though I've marked the application complete, I can still return and edit the application. So now would be the time you might want to print out a copy of your completed application. If you want others in your organization to review it, uh, you know, this would be a good time to do that. When you're settled on your application and it's a final, that's when you click the submit button up here and this submits it to the HRCS administrative portal where then um, your application would be reviewed by the team. And once you click the submit, you can no longer come back and edit your application. It is considered finalized um, and cannot be changed. Now the one exception to that would be if the HRCS department requests a change to your application, the applications will be reviewed for the governance documents only. And what the review is, is to look at the documents to make sure that they are the correct documents in the right place and to make sure that, um, you know, maybe the same document didn't get uploaded in two separate places. So all of the do governance documents are required and are necessary to be submitted with your application. If we do find an issue with them, with any of the governance documents, you'll receive an email notification through the system requesting changes to your document and there will be a short window for submitting the correct document should that happen um, so please pay attention when you are making the uploads that you're um, putting the correct documents into the correct places for the uploads and that will save time um, for both the department staff and for yourself as well and uh, help us to move forward with the application scoring and review and I'm going to go ahead and stop there and uh, see if we've got any other questions. Hello, we do have a few more questions. I first need to go back and clarify a question that I previously um, stated in regards to the use of an alternative um, address. Um, this application is really required or meant for the agency address to be used and not necessarily a personal address. So you don't have to enter any personal addresses. What we're looking for are agency addresses and also um, emails where we can make sure the information we're sending out in regards to your um, application is getting to the right people who can continue the process of um, processing the application. In addition, we do have a few other questions. Let's see. And in regards to the conflict of interest forms, it says, do we need to collect new conflict of interest forms if we submitted these last year and nothing has changed? So we realize the deadline for this application is coming up very quickly on January 12th and that some of you require um, a longer process than others to complete the conflict of interest forms. So for that reason, we will allow you to upload your most recent conflict of interest form 
for the purpose of completing the application. However, before the um, funding is awarded next year, we will be asking you to resubmit conflict of interest forms because at that time you may have changes in your um, board and at that time we will be requiring updated forms anyway and um, so basically to reiterate for the purpose of this application if you have a recent form that you just filled out and completed please upload it for the purpose of this application if there has not been any changes since you submitted that form. However, before your funding is awarded, if you are awarded um, under this application process, we will be asking you next year, probably in the spring, to submit a new conflict of interest form. And let's see what else. Do we receive a confirmation that submitted applications were received? The answer is yes. Um, once your application is submitted, there will be an email confirmation sent to the agency director. If you do not receive a confirmation, ensure all fields have been completed, save your application again, and hit the submit button and then um, the confirmation email should go through. The other thing to do is to check your spam, junk folders, or other type of folders for correspondence coming from this um, system. It is a new system. Um, we're not sure if everything will go directly to your uh, focused mailbox, so please remember to check your other folders, such as spam, junk, and other. There is another question, and it is if you have further questions um, regarding the application, who should you contact? And you should contact Nicole Dooling, and she will put the email in the chat, but the email is N-I-C-O-L-E, dot d-u-l-i-n-g at l-a-n-s-i-n-g-m-i dot org. So at any time, um, feel free to send any questions to Nicole and um, we will return with an answer as soon as we can. As it was stated before, depending on the technicality of the question, we may have to um, get support. So it may take us, um, you know, a little time, more than a day or two to get back with you, but we will um, resolve the question and get back to you. Now, we are really getting close to the end of our uh, technical assistance session. We scheduled it for one hour. However, there are a few minutes, so if there are any additional questions, um, please put them in the chat. It looks like someone is trying to get something in right quick. But if you have a question right away, um, please raise your hand and maybe we can acknowledge you now. I'm not seeing any hands raised or additional questions at this time. I appreciate those who, who've responded affirmatively. We're glad that this session has been informative. It looks like I'm getting another response, so I'll, I'll wait um, to see if that's a question or a comment. But um, we do appreciate your time with us today. Please remember there is 
uh, a lot of information on our website. Um, when you get some time, please go through it thoroughly. A lot of information will be, a lot of questions will be answered, things you uh, may encounter later. I know sometimes when things are new, uh, you don't know what to ask because it's very new, but there is a wealth of information on our website and um, we are here to support you. It looks like there's um, no additional questions. So we're going to go ahead and um, close out. But I just want to remind you one, one more thing. Um, we keep stating the deadline. The deadline is January 12th. And the system will time you out automatically. So if you do not hit the submit button by January 12th at midnight, your application, all of that hard work will be for naught. So we're going to ask you, as you're going through your application, you can save, 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 save. Um, save, 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 but do not hit submit until it's final. Because once you hit the submit button, that's what we're going to get. And that's what we're going to have to um, review. So please, though, Remember by January 12th to hit the submit button, get your confirmation so you'll know that your application has been submitted in the portal. So in closing, I'd just like to say that the City of Lansing's Human Relations and Community Services Department would like to thank you for your participation in our technical assistance session and for your interest in our applications. In addition, we thank you for your partnership as we collectively serve the citizens of the city of Lansing. Enjoy the rest of your day.